Uh, everybody, this is Paul Hicks. He is uh, the pastor from Church of Christ in Mackay. He is up here. He is speaking with us. How are you feeling this morning? Peachy. Peachy? Peachy. Oh, so a little bit fuzzy all over. Good to go. Yeah, good to go. Spectacular. Yes. Uh, tell me, tell me about your church in Mackay. How would you sum it up in one sentence? Awesome. No, that's a word. That's a word. I want a sentence. Uh, I would say Mackay Church of Christ is heavily influenced by the Cairns Church of Christ. <laughs> I feel like he's sucking up to me, but it's not going to work. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. Um, I would be remiss of me not to acknowledge uh, your senior pastor in Jeff Snook, who's been a very good help of mine over the last three to four years, uh, navigating a new church and navigating COVID and all sorts of things afterwards. Um, he's been a source, and Matt, I should say too, sorry, Matt. Matt and Snooky have been a great source of my amusement and also a great source <laughs> of... Um, a great source... Uh, in the terms of an academic and a people source of how to, to run a church, and they've been wonderful. It's true. I mean, as much as, as, much as I like to give Matt grief, he actually yes. does some really amazing no, work. You, you got, yeah, you guys are very lucky to have um, an amazing uh, source of information and good, good God-living men in your church, and I thank you for them. And what about me and Kate? No. <laughs> No, and look, we're, we're Kate, very Kate's blessed. Because Kate is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, we're very blessed because Jeff was saying that when he rang you, he wasn't even halfway through the question before you volunteered to come up this morning. Yes. Uh, so I know we appreciate you coming up here as well, which is phenomenal. Yes. yes. And taking time away from your own church. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you, tell me about um, your ministry. What's, what's a moment in ministry that is going to stick with you forever because of what happened? <laughs> Now, it could be good, it could be bad, but I'm going to ask yes. you to take off the old, and the Lord moved in miraculous ways. Yeah. I, I, I want, tell me the real Paul, the real truth. What's something that's going to stick with you forever in ministry? Um, I was here a couple of years ago. Did I tell you about my baptism, the lady I baptized? Did I tell you? I dropped her. <laughs> she was, um, her name, she's a lovely lady, and she's Sue. She's given me permission to tell you this story. Uh, and she was at the Whitehill Church of Christ, which I was. And Sue was a, was a, a beautiful lady, and, but she was quite big. And she said, I can say that. And she was coming down the stairs of the baptistry. And uh, it was like time slowed down. And she was the third or fourth baptistry in the day. And as she put her foot down, her hip let go and she slipped. And I was at the bottom of the baptistry in about that much of water because that baptistry was broken. And I saw her coming... Uh, at me at a rate of knots and she landed on top of me I, I did try to catch her and this was my face on the bottom of our baptistry like that um, with, with Sue on top of me and eventually we got up oh, so bad eventually we got up and, and she'd hurt her foot a little bit I'd hurt my back and we are okay and we just decided we'd keep going and in my wisdom I decided that I would have a plastic milk crate in the baptistry for her to sit on so it would be easy to go back. But the, um, Sue wore a big schmock. Do you know what a schmock is? And so the schmock filled up with air. <laughs> so as she sat to sit down on the chair, her schmock filled up and the milk crate just floats. 
So after I've dropped her, I'm trying to get my hand onto the crate to hold the crate down, and poor Sue was exhausted. So eventually she just dropped, and my hand was stuck on the crate. I couldn't get my hand out. So I'm trying to pull my hand out uh, to no avail. And eventually, um, beautiful Sue realised what's happening and she wiggled a little bit and I got my hand out and that was good. But then I had to get back into the water and it's full of schmock and I couldn't get her head down into the water. So I'm on top of the lady trying to push her down to get her head under the water. And eventually, I got, um, we got Sue baptised. Oh, Tim, it still gives me shivers. And... Um, we got out of the baptistry. At that, that stage, I looked up to see what the congregation would be doing because I thought they might be laughing. And I looked across the congregation, including the pastor, and this is what I got. <laughs> so I dropped her. I felt her bottom. I tried to drown her. And eventually we got her out and I came out of the baptistry and I was distraught. And she said, I'll never forget. Sue says to me, Paul, I shouldn't say this in church, Paul, you look like you need a drink. <laughs> To which I respond, I do. And uh, Sue's husband, with great delight, had taken the whole thing on video. And I took one look at it and I was mortified. And she made him thankfully delete it. Because it was not a great look. It took me, that's a couple of years ago, it took me a little while to to bring the courage to to tell that story. But it was uh, quite um, traumatic. I know we practice baptism by full immersion, but ankle tapping on the way down, man, oh, that's a new one. No, she, like, <laughs> oh, she fell hard. On top, well, I broke her fall. You broke her fall, that's right. From, yeah. Look, you're there supporting the congregants. It's your job, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exciting. So now that we've set the bar of expectation? Yes. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, tell me, though, what is what is the Lord done in the last six months in your own life? What, where's, he, um, yeah. where's he strengthening and leading you? That's a great question. Oh, yeah, it like has to happened to me in the last six months. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm not, um, I'm not your typical pastor or, or minister. And I often, and my mother asks this all the time as well, you know, God, are you, what are you doing? And it's, I marvel that, that God could use someone like me that no one else would. And even then as I say hello to all your people online, because I have a face for radio, not TV, and... <laughs> And marvel at what God's been able to do um, in my life and, and use me. And I was just wondering, pondering, suffering through the question of why? Why? And it dawned on me, God has picked me to show how big he is. That he could use someone like me. And he could use someone like you. Do we get the band up to finish now? Uh, yeah, that's No, good, we've got more to go. No. <laughs> No. Um, thank you for sharing that, yeah. and we're looking forward. Can I pray for you? And then sure, we'll... thank you. Thank you, Lord, so much for bringing Paul to us this morning. And God, we thank you for what he's going to bring. Lord, I pray that we uh, have open hearts and minds to hear and receive what you would say to us, Lord. And as we journey closer to who you are and get a new revelation of who you are this morning, Lord, I, I thank you for him, and I, I pray that his words are the anointed words that you place on his heart. And so, God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for having me today. It's very kind of you to uh, lower your standards so I can come to you. Um, I really appreciate it, and, and I would really like to, if I can continue a little bit from what we just talked about, uh, thank you for the wonderful blessing of uh, Jeff and Laura in our church. She's, they've been down and preached at our church, and our church still uh, talks about it. And if I may just so ever quietly 
um, encourage you that sometimes, you know, when you have something around you all the time, you forget how good they are. And I cannot tell you how lucky you are to have uh, Jeff and, and Laura and Matt on, on your team. I, it's difficult if you've been here for a while and they're always around because we start to lose sight and we start to forget how good they are. But you are lucky and well blessed. And I thank you personally, if I can, from uh, my Makai Church of Christ and my greetings to you. Thank you for um, the role that you have Jeff and Snora, uh, Snora, Laura in, sorry, <laughs> and that you would allow, sorry, Laura, and that you would allow them to uh, minister to Leanne and I. That's, um, I really appreciate it. And I don't know how to express to you the, the impact that has other than just bluntly say, uh, thank you so much. Do you know there was um, a young lady and she felt that she'd met the love of her life. He was dreamy. He was good looking. He was the man for her. And they decided they were going to get married, but, but he had to come home and see mum and dad first to ask their permission. So very excitedly, mum and dad organised for this young man to come around for dinner on Saturday night. And they're in the parlour, sorry, in the kitchen having um, dinner. And mum says, I think it's time for the two of you to retire to the den so you can talk. So the two men, bit of a sexist joke, I admit. So the two men go into the den and they uh, start to talk about this marriage. And dad says, well, young man, what, what do you do for a living? How are you going to provide for my daughter? And the young man replied, well, you see, sir, I'm going to go to Bible college, get a job, and then the Lord will provide. Dad's a little bit concerned at this stage, but he says, he'll just let that pass. He says, well, well do, you plan, do you plan on um, having children? And the, the young man says, yes, sir, we plan on having nine. And dad says, oh, Dad's, well, that's good, we've got lots of, lots of grandchildren. Well, how will you provide for them financially? To which the young man replied, well, you see, sir, I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm going to study really hard, and the Lord will provide. Dad's getting a little bit concerned. And he says, well, do you want to buy a house? How, how are you going to keep my daughter in the lifestyle that she's become accustomed to? And the young man replied, well, sir, I'm going to go to... And the Lord will... Right, you may have heard that before. So he goes back into... Uh, he says, there's no point in this conversation. Dismisses a young man. He's a little bit disturbed. Goes back in the kitchen. And mum's so excited. She says, what do you think? What do you think? Is he the man for our young girl? He says, I don't know. There's good news and there's bad news. And she said, well, what's the bad news? Well, dad said to mum, mum, the bad news is he has no job. He has no money. And he has no future. And she said, oh, goodness, me. Well, if that's the, the good news, what could the possi- well, that's the bad news. What could possibly be the good news? Well, to which Dad replied, well, he thinks I'm God. <laughs> now, we're probably going to get a little bit real, you and I, this morning. Because for some of you, that joke might be just a little bit close to home. Because maybe, maybe there's somebody in your life who expects you to be God. Not God in, in the God like we worship, but in, they will provide for you in everything that you need. 
that, that you will do whatever they need, whatever trouble they get to, you will get them out of that situation. You may have people in your life who expect you to take some level of responsibility for what's happening in their life. They have a problem. That's okay. You'll fix it. They have issues. That's okay. You'll fix it. They have problems. They've got themselves into a mess. That's okay because you will get them out of that mess. They have nothing. But it's okay because you will provide for them. Have you got anyone like this in your life? Have you got friends or family in your life like this? Are you the person like this? And God never intended for you to be um, a God for anyone or to take responsibility for their whole life. That's not the intention. And we're in a season in our church of the theme for our year than a series that I was in when I did this message, which was that um, the theme for our series, I've just got a mental blank of what it was, is uh, love is the best way. That love is the best way. And taking total responsibility for someone else in their life or expecting people to take total responsibility for you in your life, that is not love and that is not the best way. I would suggest to you that it's not love. It's more along the lines of manipulation. But we, we as Christians have got this on some level wrong because we think that setting boundaries, having fences, is wrong. We think that's not love. When actual fact, setting some boundaries can actually be the truest form of love. We think that boundaries can be bad, especially for those of you in here today who are people pleasers. Do we have any people pleasers here today? The smiles tell me enough. What about those of you here today who don't like conflict? Don't like conflict. And for those here today whose people's opinions of you matter, I'll give you a piece of advice my dad sent to me once. He said, if you say no to this, you're saying yes to that. If you say yes to that, you're saying no to this. If you say yes to overtime on Friday nights, you're saying no to movie time with your young children. If you say yes to this, you are saying no to that. And boundary is a good way for us to learn a way to say no especially for those of us who might be people pleasers, for those who want to avoid conflict, for those whose opinions of other people of us matter to us. Loving God, loving God. We want to love God, not because we have to, but because we want to. And that's where our boundaries can come into place. How do we establish boundaries? How do we establish fences to protect ourselves that are Christ-like, that are loving? Because as soon as I say the word boundaries, as soon as I say the word fences, a lot of you, your heckles will come up. Because we have this negative opinion of what boundaries and what fences are. My mum and dad lived in Malaysia for a period of time. And I, I'm not sure how. But dad, when I went to visit, got tickets to the grand final soccer match of the country. That was an experience. Uh, in the grounds, there was um, 
I think we were the only two white people I could see in the whole crowd. They were shooting fireworks at each other. They were shooting flares at each other. And if I wanted to escape and get onto the pitch, onto the grounds, the only way I could get through would be fight off security, climb about an eight to nine foot high fence with barbed wire at the top, go across a moat, get out the other side of the moat, get through another fence, and then get through a round of armed security guards and machine guns. That's a boundary. (laughs) That's a fence. That's what a lot of you are thinking about as I talk to you now about having boundaries and fences to protect yourself. Let me read to you what John Townsend says. John Townsend says this, Boundaries are basically a property line. They would let us know what we are responsible for in our lives and what we are responsible to take care of and to protect and to grow. What we are not responsible for, but what we want to love and respect in another person. What do we put these boundaries around that we're talking about? What would I put a fence around? Let me tell you what Solomon says. Solomon was regarded as a relatively intelligent man. In fact, he was regarded as a fairly intelligent human being to this day. And some of his writings, if you find your way into there, you'll understand this guy was pretty clued up. He says in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Can I read that again? Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In other words, it's important to guard yourself. Now, the scriptures there say, above all, and, and, and as a wannabe Bible scholar, can I tell you that when something says, above all, it's important. That we need to, to listen to what he has to say. We should listen. And he says, to guard your heart. Well, the immediate question from there, well, what is your heart? What does that look like? Well, if we go back to the Hebrew... Your heart is the inner person, the inner man, the inner woman. Your inner person, it's everything that's important. Your core values are in your heart. Your feelings are in your heart. Your emotions are in your heart. Your thoughts, your decisions, they're all in your heart. Your life is in your heart. And the scripture there says, guard your heart. Why do we guard our heart? Because from it flows the wellsprings of life. We need to build a fence to defend this piece of property, which is our heart. And the scriptures tell us that it's vital. And this fence that we need to build around our heart is a, is a boundary. And we need these boundaries so we don't make decisions that affect our heart, where the wellsprings of our life come from. And adversely to that, we don't let outside people hurt our heart. And it brings us today to our scripture. And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd love you to open them up to Galatians 6, 1, 5. I'm reading from the NLT version, and it will be up on the the screen as well. Uh, And if you've got your Bibles with you, and you're not adverse to uh, vandalising your Bible, there's a couple of bits I might get you to underline. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Verse 2, and if you've got a pencil, uh, underline the next four words. Carry each other's burdens. 
Verse 2, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Our pencil again, verse 5, for each one should carry their own load. So verse 2, we've got carry each other's burdens. And verse 5, for each one should carry their own, light, carry their own load. The series Love is the, the Best Way. And from that, I just want to understand or to make it clear as we go through this a little bit longer that the, lo- the love that Christ tells us to treat each other with uh, superseded the law. With that in mind, let's just have a quick look at these two words because it can sound slightly contradictory, can it not? It's got the word carry. And on one hand, it says we should carry one another. But then in verse 5, it says, um, carry whose load are we responsible for? And I'd just look that a little bit deeper to dig a little bit later. Because the difference lies in the words for load or burden. Because the Greek word for burden and load gives us some insight to the meaning of the text. The Greek word for burden means excess burdens. Burdens that are so heavy that they weigh us down, that we can't lift them by ourselves. Can I ask a simple question? Who who in the church here this morning has a ute? Right, one ute. That's fairly typical of churches because what my advice to someone who says they want to start in a church is if you have a ute, sell it, or you're going to spend every weekend helping people move excess burdens that they can't carry by themselves. Is that right? If you're a tradesman and carry a ute, you shouldn't go to church because you'll be busy every weekend. So this is a reference to something we can't carry by ourselves. It's too heavy. It's like the piano. If we want to move the piano, you can't do that by yourself. You need some help. It's more than one person to lift. In contrast, the Greek word for load means cargo, the burden of the daily toil. This would describe the everyday things we all need to do. These are things like we pack in our bags to go to work or to school. Do we have any teenagers here? Who packs your lunch? Good girl, right? These are the things we take to school every day that we have to prepare for ourselves. Our lunch, our books, our laptop. And the scriptures tell us, if we look at this the way I'm looking at it today, that we are to carry those or to pack those ourselves. If we go back to the passage, verse 1, Paul says, caught in sin. So look, it's when someone has made a, a particularly bad choice and is facing some very difficult consequences, a temptation that may have loomed large, maybe a circumstance in life, maybe um, death, illness, job loss, an emotional problem, a decision, something that's weighing you down, something that at three o'clock in the morning keeps you away, something that you just can't handle on your own. I I love the story this morning of the lady, um, I don't know, remember the name, who was standing here. Um, sorry, Brenda? Brenda? Um, I hope this is not too close. Please forgive me, Brenda. Um, one of the things I say to, to my church is, you know, when you're making the decision whether to go uh, fishing, which I would love to go fishing, on a Sunday, or go to church, 
and you decide, well, I'm going to go fishing. And next week, golf looks pretty good. And the next week, every week, there's something better to do than to go to church. What happens to the lady whose husband's no more with four children and comes to church and says, can your Jesus help me? Brenda, you are my fictional character. I love that this church looked after you so well. It makes my day because that's what the church should be. Because that's a burden that you can't carry on your own. And the scriptures tell us in this passage that if we have maturity and we've been looked after, that we are there to look after the Brendas of the world, where the emotional load is too much. I will confess that the Lakes Church did go one step further and gave you a husband as well, which I think is very nice of the people in the church. The daily load is the things that we should be responsible for in our daily walk. Day-to-day activities, to pack our lunch, to pack our laptop, the things that we need to do. Do Did your wife pack your lunch? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I got your back, brother. Mine too. But the things that our attitudes, our behaviours, the responsibilities God has given to us that we should carry on our own. Let me put it to you another way. Let's call the big things boulders, the burdens that you can't carry on your own. Let's call them, my friend did this, let's call them the boulders. And the things that we're supposed to do on our own, our daily responsibilities, making our lunch, packing our bag, let's call them our backpacks. So we've got backpacks and boulders. If you remember nothing else from today, Nothing else. Can you remember this? We are to help others with their boulders, but carry our own backpacks. We are to help others carry their boulders, but we are to carry our own backpacks. To summarise, we need to carry our backpacks and help those with boulders. And problems can come because people see their boulders as their backpacks and their backpacks as their boulders. People have problems. Problems arise when people see their boulders as a backpack of which they can carry by themselves. And they don't ask for help. And they try to carry this burden by themselves, which they've never been asked to do, but they do it. And we hear things, don't we? We hear things like, well, I got myself into this mess. I can get myself out of this mess. But it's too big. It's a boulder. And you're trying to carry this boulder all by yourself. But the Bible says that if you are mature, and you've been blessed by God, you are to walk in step with the Spirit. You have had an upbringing that gives you the stability to help, that you have a responsibility, is to look out for those who have burdens, who have boulders, and to help them to carry that. We are to do that. The Scriptures tell us very clearly that the boulders in people's lives, we are to help. The things that are too big... And people say, you know, I can carry it on my own. I can do this all by myself. It's too big. 
If that is you, in your moment of honesty with yourself right now, and you realize, you know what? I'm trying to carry a boulder by myself. I need to let people in to help me, to help me to carry this boulder. That's okay. In fact, that's wisdom. The scriptures talk to us about that, to let people into our lives, to help us with the boulders that are just too big. Adversely, we can get confused with the little things in our lives that we're meant to do ourselves as our backpacks and we expect everybody else to go around carrying our backpacks. The responsibility is the one person, but we end up outsourcing it, giving it to someone else. You know, we can make our own lunch, us boys, but we outsource it and we get somebody else to carry our backpack. If I can give you a piece of advice today, it's don't start picking up people's backpacks. That's a boundary in your heart to protect you. Because if you keep picking up backpacks, what will you be carrying more than you can handle? Backpacks. Do we have any um, school teachers in here? Excellent. I remember when I went to my son, Callum, in grade one, and we were all very excited, our first children. By the second and third, they could go by themselves. But for the first one, he needs me, right? And you know what the teacher said? He said, listen, as she said, sorry, when you leave today and when you bring your child to grade one to class, do not carry their backpacks. They can do that all by themselves. Do not carry the backpacks. And when I turned up the next day with Callum, guess what I saw? Guess what I was doing? We were all carrying the backpacks for our children because we thought they couldn't carry it by themselves. It's so important that we don't become rescuers where we carry everyone's backpacks because that will weigh you down and you'll have an inability to help those with the boulders because you've used all of that resource in backpacks. Who here's a nurse? A nurse? Excellent, thank you. My sister's a nurse, and uh, she's um, a midwife, sorry, nurse, midwifery. She tells me glowingly that uh, she's now 50, at the age of 24-ish, she'd used up all her portion of patients. <laughs> uh, she said, I just don't have any left, because she carried everyone's backpacks. Then when it came to carrying burdens, she had to have a really hard look at herself because she was tired from carrying backpacks. There'll be some of you here today that in a moment of honesty will say, I am exhausted from carrying everyone's backpacks. But I don't have the strength and I don't have the mental energy to help with the boulders. A question for you to consider, because it's a difficult topic and I understand that. What would Jesus have you do? Do you know that um, Proverbs 19.19 says this? It says, A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty 
rescue them and you'll have to do it again. Now, we're not going to try and build a, a good theology around one proverb, but it does show God's wisdom. Can I just change a word for a moment if you'd be allow me for a minute? We could say a person who makes bad choices must pay the penalty. Rescue them, you'll have to do it again. Poor behaviour person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you'll have to do it again. Lazy people, deceitful people, prideful people, greedy people, sin. It's all sin. There's a lady by the name of Christine. Christine ran the um, prisons in New Zealand for adults, young, sorry, not adults, young people. And there's a movie about her. And she says this, I remember going to listen to her speak when I had children, and she said, the only way that young men learn is from consequences. The only way that they'll learn from consequences. And I would say this morning, if you rescue once, you'll be rescuing over and over and over and over again. And do you know how much guilt that we can be saved when we realise that I am not responsible for other people's backpacks. The scriptures tell us if we're in the right place, we are responsible to help with the burdens. But we're not responsible for the backpacks. Do you know, this is you, just act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Have, have you seen the parents, dads working two jobs, Mum's working so they can put their son or they can put their daughter through university. And he just sits home and plays, or she sits home and plays computer games all day. Have you seen that? Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, they say this. In addition to showing us what we are responsible for, Boundaries help us to define what is not our property and what we are not responsible for. We are not, for example, responsible for other people. Nowhere are we commanded to have other control, although we spend a lot of time and energy trying to get it. That's true, isn't it? People spend a lot of time trying to get control by picking up backpacks. And I'll rephrase it again if I can. If we carry too many backpacks, we can't help, sorry Brenda, Brenda with her boulder. How do you know if you're rescuing or if you're loving? Let's just put this all down to one simple question. Backpacks and boulders is the name of the sermon, but let's look at it from another perspective. Just a simple question. How do you know, am I rescuing, picking up backpacks, or am I loving, helping with the boulders? That's a good question, isn't it? Am I rescuing or am I loving? The question is, is this something they can do and should do for themselves? Is this something they can do and should do for themselves? I'm so sorry, brother. Is it Kate? Kate? Ruth? Rose. Sorry, Rose. Rose! No, you're not Rose. You're making lunch for your husband. Is this something he should and could be doing for himself? 
And now I'm going to go over this side of the stage, right? (laughs) Is it something they should and could be doing for themselves? Am I loving or am I rescuing? It's a really simple question. Bad attitudes, poor behaviours, getting better habits, solving problems. Should they be doing that themselves? There is an exception to this, of course. Um, Tonight, Ruth, Rose, goodness, sorry. Rose, 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 tonight, and you ask your husband for a glass of water, and he says, no, Paul says, I'm just rescuing, you do it yourself. You say, no, no, there is such a thing as being nice as well, isn't there? Right? There is something to do that's nice. But I want you to just think about this. I know it's a little bit left of field. Backpacks and boulders. Backpacks and boulders. Are you a people pleaser who hates conflict and it matters what people think of me? And are you walking around with 10 backpacks on you while the others are just skipping around having a joyous time? And then someone like really important comes into your life who has a huge boulder. And you think, you know what? I'm just too tired. I don't have the energy in me to help with that boulder. Because maybe you've been brought into this person's life by Christ himself to help carry the boulder. But you're exhausted. Have you seen what kids put in their backpacks? It's heavy. And you're carrying ten of them. I I, I can appreciate and I certainly can understand the logic around this seems to be almost anti what Jesus teaches. That we should help everyone. That we should love everyone. But my sister as a nurse, you only have so much to give. And following Christ is not about being weighed down with expectations of others to help them in areas, particularly in areas where they could look after it themselves. Can I just ask you to consider it, to think about it? Am I carrying too many backpacks? Maybe. 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 Maybe God has me in this place at the moment to help with the boulder. But I'm just too tired. I'm just too tired. That twit at work who can't bring his lunch, I pack his lunch every day. I carry all the kids' school bags to the, to the curb. You know, that, that next-door neighbour who um, plays computer games all day so he doesn't eat well, but I make his food as well. You know, my back neighbour who... Who, um, who, who doesn't like the sun, so I mow his lawn. And then there's the guy over the road who I give a lift to every day because he doesn't like paying for petrol. Am I painting a picture of some backpacks? Would you consider for me and asking the question, am I weighed down with a life of backpacks? Or do I want to get out 
and I want to be Jesus to someone and move that boulder. Can I pray for you if that's all right? Our dear Heavenly Father, come to you this morning in prayer. Um, we come with such humility of prayer. And it just continually fascinates me that the creator of the universe, who the scriptures tell us, breathe the stars into motion, that he asks us, invites us to call him Abba, Father, invites him to us to petition him with our prayers. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning. Would you help us to decide, to guard, to guard our heart from the wellspring of our life flows, that in that place we can represent and to give people a taste of Jesus Christ's love on a daily basis. That when it comes to helping someone with the boulder in their life, when we come to help them with their boulder that we know, we know to protect our heart put down the backpacks and to put a shoulder to the boulder of that person who just needs Jesus. Hey, Father, I, I think I'm aware that there's people here today that on some level may be feeling a level of guilt for not helping with that boulder. Because the reality, the reasoning that I'm just too tired is fair. It's a truth. We're tired from carrying everybody else's backpacks. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for courage to put the backpacks down and to put the shoulder to the wheel of the boulder that's too heavy for someone else to carry, as you have asked us to do. Heavenly Father, may we have wisdom in this to distinguish the fine line between the two, to give us the, the, the wisdom to put boundaries in place around our heart that will allow us to love you more and to help those with burdens that are too heavy for one person. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thank you so much for being so kind. I'm not entirely sure what happens now. Do you want some more jokes? Or No, the band's coming up. So best I don't. Thank you, everybody.